Valley Hollywood. Welcome to Screen Actors Guild, where we explore Oscar-winning actors in the embarrassing films they'd rather forget. I'm Michelle, the uh, U.S. history teacher who's sexually aroused by the word beverage. I'm Henry, the uh, bald man with a toupee and mustache and just disgusting everything. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, uh, how are you feeling about Adrian Brody this week? Yeah, so uh, I'm glad that we did Adrian Brody this week. Uh, I I have a soft spot for Adrian Brody, Oscar winner for, uh, for The Penis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is... Uh, there's there's some there's strengths and weaknesses to Adrian Brody, but I first learned about him because when I was in middle school or early high school, probably middle school, I didn't know you yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that was the celebrity people would tell me I looked like, which I think was just a way of saying you look very Jewish and you have a <laughs> large nose because I don't look anything no, like Adrian Brody. You do not look anything. Look, you do not look like any. Bro- wow, like Adrian Brody. I never did. Strokes. Let me try that sentence. Round three. <laughs> you not look anything like Adrian Brody. Go on. Uh, but, like, there was a couple years there was like, oh, Adrian Brody's my dude because I look like him, apparently. Yeah. Uh, He's a pretty and, good looking dude in the right circumstances and the right light and the right mood. Yeah. Yeah. You can clean him up nice and you can rough him up pretty nice, oh, too. You can rough He's, him up so good. <laughs> <laughs> He's malleable facially, not super malleable actorly, uh, and he peaked really, really early. He did. Uh, I saw a funny quote from Roger Ebert where he said, Adrian Brody won an Academy Award and has spent years trying to live it down. <laughs> he really has. He really has. Uh, I'll say like the far, the one exception would be uh, the Wes Anderson movies he's been in, which I, Hotel Budapest and Darjeeling Limited, and I... I enjoy yeah. him in both of those. But other than that, he has god-awful taste in movie roles. And it's kind of a, I mean, I kind of respect it in a weird way. Like, that's a direction that he chose to go in. Yeah, so there's, I mean, Hollywood has the, the thing about the best supporting actress curse, right? Which is basically just a misogyny uh, manifest, right? But it's like, after you win best supporting actress, historically your career really, like, tanks for a while. Yeah. And, uh... That's, I think that's changed a little bit as, like, some of the worst men in Hollywood have been, like, you know, Pushed sort of out. hammered. T- yeah. yeah, taken out to a woodshed. Yeah. Um, but Adrian Brody won Best Actor, Actor. And the same fucking thing happened to Like, gone. Gone. Like, he did King Kong, the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, and just the movie that I, I hate with a fire burn. I, could, I didn't sit through all of it. <laughs> I, I watched it twice because the first time I watched it I was high and I thought it couldn't have possibly been as bad as it was yeah, that's and I fair. went back and it was fucking worse <laughs> uh, but yeah he's he was like the youngest like, guy I think ever to win an Oscar I think he was 29 maybe yeah he was like yeah upper 20s he was the youngest male actor I think to ever win an Oscar because the youngest female actor was uh, Tatum O'Neill right like right yeah yeah for Paper, Paper Moon, Moon or whatever but uh but yeah, I can't I know decide, that also... did Hollywood do this to the, him, or did he decide to do this, like, to Hollywood? I kind of think that he might have sort of uh, tailor-kitched himself, whereas, like, he had just attached himself as, like, the star to a bunch of middling to bad movies, yeah. and he just sort of got this impression of, like, box office poison, uh, 
which I don't think is exactly true, but it doesn't seem exactly false either. Like he's not, he's not a very malleable leading man, you know? Yeah, I think that I, to be fair, I haven't seen him in a lot of serious roles. Like I really just, I feel like the pianist happened and then King Kong happened and a series of other bad movie decisions happened or like at that point he had to have been getting some calls for some better shit right like use adrian brody this couldn't have all be been cast upon him and then he just kind of i assume i guess i didn't even look at what his highest rotten tomato scores are (laughs) uh because yeah it really the pianist which is a he's it's he's good at like he's yeah I mean, like, it's yeah, if Wes Anderson hadn't people. taken him under his wing in, like, the mid-aughts or whenever that happened, like, he really wouldn't have almost anything on his, like, in his uh, repertoire that I would say, recommend watching. And that's too bad. I don't know if he's he versatile. Also, I wouldn't know. I just don't know. He also apparently tried to, like, hard reboot his career uh, in sort of reverse of what Heath Ledger did, uh, R.I.P. Because, you know, like, Heath Ledger, like, purposely tanked his career, right, yeah. to to be able to, like, make interesting movies and then become a real actor. Uh, and Adrian Brody, I know, because there were pictures, there were, like, uh, I don't know, posters up all over Hollywood for a while of him, like, ripped and shirtless uh, with just Brody uh, like tagged on the top of it. There's like him trying to like remake himself as like a Hollywood bad boy. Uh, Gross which, and weird. My dude. I mean, cause that just ain't gonna fly. I mean, I could break him over my knee like a twig. He's a little. He's he's a skinny man. Nothing wrong with being a skinny man, but he doesn't exactly exude raw sex appeal in the way that other leading types might. Yeah, man, his his fucking Rotten Tomatoes really slides. Really? Like, yeah, The Pianist, and then Midnight in Paris, which, good movie uh-huh. that I'll watch again after Woody Allen dies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I He's it. good in that. That's that's pretty high. It's still in the 90s. There's like a, seems like a cartoon, a couple, car- uh, then there's The Grand Budapest Hotel. Yep, that's yep. another, there's, there's that Wes Anderson. Yep. And we drop into the 80s. Liberty Heights, good movie, but it was before The Pianist. Mm-hmm. Uh, then King Kong, 84. That's an inexplicable <laughs> well, score. Rotten Tomatoes uh, might not be becoming the best metric in some ways. Is that an audience 84 or is that a Metacritic? No, 84? no, that, that's, King Kong is certified fresh from critics on Rotten Tomatoes, which is a fucking war crime. Um, <laughs> Interesting. And then... <laughs> And then it really, then we're in the 70s and Oxygen, never heard of it. Restaurant, oh, both of, those, both of those are before The Pianist. Splice, never heard of it. Dummy, never heard of it. Darjeeling Limited, heard of it, nice. good. Hollywood Land, heard of it, but thought, heard it was bad. The Brothers okay. Bloom, watched it, it was okay. Now we're in the mid 60s. Uh, and like, we're, already, that's not that many movies. No. And we've jumped from the 90s to the 60s. Ooh. Cadillac Records, Love Maryland, Predator, Predators, right? And and oh, now we're in Splats. Yeah. yeah. We just crossed into Splats. Aw, buddy. Adrian, <laughs> right? He was in the Village. He was after Ashton Kutcher was pulled out of the Village. They put him into that. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot he was in the Village. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, he did not. There's a. Yeah. His career is so, a little baffling. It's it seems like a willful like uh, descent, and then and then eventually there's just no controlling it because that wow. guy can't make Can a I, comeback now unless he really could, pulls some strings. I feel like. So I'm just gonna walk through his. 
I, his uh, Rotten Tomatoes scores after The Pianist. Because there's some shit that's like before The Pianist, yeah, set yeah. it aside, whatever. Uh, the Pianist, 95. Uh, Dummy, never heard of it, 71. The Singing Detective, 39. Hmm. The Village, 43. King Kong, 84. It's a lie. The Jacket, 44. Okay. Hollywoodland, 68. So like, and now we have crossed from 2002 to 2006. So that's like, I mean, that's, that's a high school student entering high school and leaving high school yeah. without... Adrian Brody making a good movie, uh, and that we're still we're, we don't get back to a certified fresh until two thousand nine, and that's in Splice, which again I have I never heard is. of. I don't know what that is at all. I have it sounds like a thriller, maybe I I can't recall what that is. Yeah, uh, <sighs> and then we hit high school right after Splice. Yeah, this movie. Like, when you told me what it was and when I watched the trailer, I was assuming it was, like, early 2000s. And then it's a 2012 movie, which is fairly baffling, but also... Yeah, much, much later than you'd think. Oh, man. Uh, he looks amazing in this movie. He is incredibly gross. He's, like, greasy, completely covered in tattoos. He's got a weird, wiry little, like, single chin beard or a uh, chin braid. Um, mm -hmm. He's got full cornrows. His eyes. He has, he has a lower back tattoo that says Psycho. Oh, that's what that said. Okay, there are a lot of funny mm -hmm. tattoos in this movie that I, were I was trying to freeze frame and figure out what they were. Yeah. Uh, his eyes at one point, and this is a highlight for me uh, <laughs> before we even talk about this movie. Someone says, or he goes, uh, looks like someone poured snake blood into your eyeballs. And he really <laughs> casually says, thanks. <laughs> yeah. No, there's, there's some moments in this movie I genuinely liked. This is... I feel like we've sort of been staring into the the abyss for too long because this movie, for for like an, a full hour, I was basically on board with this movie I as a happy. as a quality movie. I would watch, you know, I would have to get high first because it's. I mean, it's a stoner movie. Clearly, better to watch this high. I would assume. I I wouldn't know. Watched it real right. sober. Yeah, did it cold so have to have to. Uh, it's the law, yeah. uh, and neither of our. Uh, states the but it i mean it does at some point turn a corner and it's a pretty shitty movie but like not it just it felt weird to be watching this movie like i know this is technically not good but compared to some of the like absolute doo-doo pablum that we've watched before this yeah. was okay uh, for a while yeah our metric for trash has gotten skewed in a dangerous direction at this uh -huh, point because uh -huh, uh -huh. i was really enjoying it i was like oh yeah this is one of those late night comedies that's the category it falls under if you're browsing On netflix, netflix. Yeah. it's a late night yeah. comedy it's a stoner comedy it's pretty dumb it has its moments there's actors in it i enjoyed watching colin hanks is there's so many actors in there's it there's so many people in this movie henry uh, okay do we want to talk about Michael Chiklis first, or do we want to actually talk about the plot? So I, let's talk about the plot, because you kind of need the plot to explain Michael Chiklis. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, so High School is the name of the movie. Uh, emphasis on the high, Hi, everybody, because it's it. a stoner movie. Uh, Blaze it. There's, so there's two characters, like every stoner movie. You cannot have more than two main characters in a stoner movie. This is the... Or fewer than two. Always yeah. two. Uh, and almost every high school movie. Those two genres collide, and you gotta have two buddies. Right. Everybody only has one friend when they're stoned and yep. one friend in high school, yep. and that's how it works. That's how it goes. <laughs> and uh, there's a smart one, Henry, and a dumb one, uh, bro, spelled like a French way, but stupid. Mm -hmm. uh, and 
bro gets Henry high for the first time. Henry's going to be the valedictorian. And then the uh, principal, Michael Chiklis, for like weird sort of autoerotic reasons, decides that he wants to drug test everybody in school. And anybody that's drug tested uh, gets expelled. Anybody that's drug tested and test positive gets expelled. And so they make a bunch of weed brownies. Uh, for a bake sale that happens to be coinciding with this drug test to get everybody in school stoned. They steal the weed from Adrian Brody and hilarity theoretically ensues. And that's that's the plot of the movie, basically. It is. Right? I almost feel like they missed an opportunity to call this movie Bake Sale with like a right? little lowercase d just tacked uh-huh. on to the end. Uh, yeah, that's the movie. So, okay. I think they just like Googled like, is high school can't be... High school has to be taken as the name of a movie, right? What? It's not? It's well, not. we have to. Uh, um, yeah, okay. So Michael Chiklis's reason for needing to conduct this school-wide drug testing rampage um, <laughs> occurs at the beginning of the movie when apparently his very sick cat is admitted to the vet. He re- relays the story to Tom, or Colin Hanks, and needs to get, like, some kind of injection, but they run out of nitrous oxide because the tank has been stolen by this punk-ass kid named Travis. And so from, the, from the pet hospital. From the pet hospital. And so he decides to basically single out Travis as well as the entire student body to make sure that no more dope fiends uh, get to do what they love best and smoke the sticky green. Also... Well, there's a spelling bee moment that the movie opens right, that's on a, that really provokes everything. Um, it's where, so fucking weird. <laughs> so weird. Please. A character that they never really bring back again, except for like maybe a two minute little cameo later on. Her name's Charlene Fuck. And she's. Ha ha ha. Get it? You guys. Fuck with a PH. Uh, she, right, because she's Asian American. This movie, yeah, basically, the like, pitch for this movie was like. What if Harold and Kumar, but in high school and casually racist? And and then you just know the movie. Please continue. Yeah. So she decides, like, all spelling bee chants to get really high before she goes to compete, I guess. That's a thing that happens all the time. Also, a thing that happens all the time is spelling bees in high school. You know how people have spelling bees in high school? is that a thing? (laughs) No! (laughs) No! Nobody's. You stop spelling bees. You've seen the fucking like the spelling spellbound that documentary. They're all six. Like they're not. They're not adult 18. young adult teenagers. That's not when you do spelling bees. Oh, You're supposed to be taking fucking calculus in high school. That's so funny. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, of course there aren't. Um, she gets super high and then she goes up and tries to spell the word like logaria and says it's like diarrhea and then goes into detail explaining what diarrhea is like and then says, oh no, I fucked up. And then they somehow catch her for marijuana possession and she gets expelled. And then the rest of the crazy movie happens. Uh, yeah. And Michael Chiklis loses his goddamn mind. Yep. Yep. So Michael Chiklis in this movie, Michael Chiklis, quality actor in general, right? He's an an Emmy winner, I think, for The Shield. He's uh, yeah, probably. Did you? I, I remember watching The Shield back when back in the day, and I. <laughs> it's a little bit funny and ironic that like he plays like a dirty cop who's 
involved with drug trading and then decides to be this character. So I'm sure he was having fun with that. So, so Michael Chiklis, as this, uh, as the dean of this high school, has a like crazy red toupee, red mustache, glasses, red suit. Uh, talks with this like mid-Atlantic accent. Yeah, it's from... the, it's the old-timey mid-Atlantic accent where it's like what a what an upper crust like uh, school. Excuse princess. me, sir. I talk like this, and I summer in the Hamptons, and for some reason I'm just vaguely British, but not all the way British. It's a totally summer in the Hamptons voice, and he walks like he's holding a half gallon of water in his asshole. Like <laughs> it's it's really weird. Yeah. Um, He's yeah. making, I don't like any of the choices that he's making in this movie, but I wrote as a highlight that I respect his commitment to this bad bit because he, he, he like really sticks to it. It's like a and mad it's TV not good. sketch that went on for a whole 90 minutes. It's absolutely a mad TV sketch that went on for 90 minutes. Yeah. It's, he's, he's unpleasant from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie uh, without interruption. And, you know, I, like... At the time of filming this movie, he's an A-list actor that they mm-hmm. put in this movie, and he decided to do these things to himself. I know, uh, I know. <laughs> I, and like, like no, I, I mean, if that happened now, I'd feel a little worse for him because I can't imagine he's doing a lot of things unless I'm unaware and he has like a rocking career at the moment. But in 2012, I feel like that was like still a relatively bump in time to be michael chiklis and uh yeah and he and yeah he doesn't get my pity because he fucking enjoyed this i know he did i saw that yeah he's he's (laughs) chewing it up uh this movie is weirdly stacked with actors not the main characters the main characters are like people that i guess if you watch the goldbergs you've heard of them but i haven't that's all i could think of but uh so it's got chiklis adrian brody uh colin hank it has what's that Oh, Colin oh, Hanks. Colin, Colin Hanks, who I appreciate is sort of an inverse of Michael Chiklis in that he is putting zero effort into this role, and I also respect that. Yeah. Uh, Yeardley Smith, the voice of Lisa Simpson. Uh, oh. She's the dildo teacher. Oh, uh, oh, that's who she, that is. Right, okay. C- Curtis Armstrong, uh, who you don't know his name, but he's in everything. He stars as Booger in uh, the profoundly objectionable Revenge of the Nerds series, and he's like oh. always unpleasant in every movie. He's... He's who you hire when the casting director says, I want Gilbert Gottfried, but I want him to be disgusting. Yeah. He's that actor. Yeah. The person you're picturing is him. Mm-hmm. Wyatt Russell, Kurt Russell's son, is in this movie in a Reefer Madness uh, Wait. like educational video. Oh, is he the guy who's like part of the Taliban? No. No. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. He's the main character oh, he's the of the, the Reefer that Madness video. All the different scenarios and they say, yeah. like, uh, it makes the Taliban want to kill people smoking that Reefer. Yeah, Got it's it. not. He's not famous yet, but he's like, but he becomes, I mean, he's Kurt Russell's son always, right? That's how biology works. Uh, But he, but yeah, he like becomes famous. And like, I still kind of feel like there's, I think maybe is his, is Michael Chiklis' secretary in Veep? I don't remember. I recognized her from a few Judd Apatow movies. Um, I just remembered her and like from Superbad and like 40 Year Old Virgin and something else. Like she's, uh, She's just little bit parts and a lot of stuff. Yeah. She's Erica Vatina Phillips. And yeah, she's, uh, oh yeah, she's 40 year old version, super bad, how high, brothers. And yeah, she's not who I thought she was in Veep, but she's in Veep. Okay. Uh, 
yeah, she's kind of in all kinds of shit, but yeah, relatively sort of like working character actress. Uh, a lot of a lot of faces you'd recognize, but yeah. like a variety of pretty high grade at the time actors yeah. just just shitting on their own chests, but trying really hard. This movie uh, also it tanked so hard. Like I get that it only costs a cool ten million, but it only made a hundred less than a hundred and forty thousand dollars. What? What? And that's and then international distribution and gross, which usually will like at least triple a movie's uh, gains. It made like two hundred and twenty thousand dollars when all was said and done, and that's um, impressive in its own way. Yeah, I, you know, there are some mo- bad movies where it kind of makes sense to me that they make it up internationally. Uh, th- if you had told me that this movie tanked in America, but like ate it up in China, I'd yeah. be so confused because I feel like the stoner movie yeah. has to be such a like. The, the teenage high school student movie, that's just such a, like, an American phenomenon. It's got to feel like reading Simlish in any other country. Like, it is so, it has to be so fucking unrelatable. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I could see it being one of those things that, like, randomly does really well in Russia. I don't know. Like, just because. Right, just because they're disgusting. Just, like, uh, or just you grabbing heard me, Russia. weird, like, uh, uh, American humor because it's a novelty. I have no idea. But this, <laughs> I mean, this most of the racist so jokes wouldn't work abroad. Like, it wouldn't work translated, right? Like, all of the Asian American fuck name jokes would not work. And there's really like, and there's like f- f- twenty five of them in this movie. Oh yeah, they really held on to that one. They yeah, they use it a lot. They feel like they've got gold. Hmm. Um. Yeah. So, first of all. Adrian Brody's character, apparently, his name is like, what is it? Is Psycho Ed? Psycho Ed, yes. Psycho Ed. So the way that they figure out they can get the entire school high is that they're going to go and steal a bunch of Keef that he keeps in a jar somewhere, and they're going to use like this concentrate to like sneak it into brownies, get the whole school high. Um, He's like operating like a meth head. Like, I don't understand yes. his character, but it is fun to watch. And they say, they try to explain it, and they're like, why? Oh, because he had a PCP-laced blunt at a foam party in Baja. <laughs> <laughs> he was, like, right. going to be, like, a valedictorian or something, and then he goes to Baja and smokes a PCP-laced blunt. And from then on out, he is extremely methy. A thing about this movie for a drug movie, it has absolutely no idea how drugs work. No, it's so weird. It's so weird. It should be like all these iconic stoner moments, but it's really mixing genres a lot. And I will cite specifically its assumption that when people smoke drugs, uh, when they smoke the marijuana drugs, that they and they are over the age of 40 that they become extremely horny and need to verbally express it to teenagers in a really disconcerting way. There are two teachers that go on like a monologue about their like creepy sexual fantasies and I do not understand where that fits into the stoner zeitgeist. Yeah, it's... I hadn't put the pieces together that like basically the only adult reaction to marijuana in this movie is like 
super overshare your sex fantasies or have your students talk you off in front of the class. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, the English it's, teacher. It's unacceptable. Uh, yeah. I Yeah, there's also like, so it has uh, weed food, which I will, it, weed food's a hard drug. You shouldn't do it. Uh, but it has weed food hit instantly in the class, which is not how it works. Uh, God, wouldn't it, it be has, nice if that is how that worked? It'd be way better. It would be uh, easier then, for people. Then the things that have happened to me wouldn't have happened to me. Oh uh, the uh, it has some people like get in fights when they're stoned. Like there's a there, there's a wrestling scene. Oh, I where... love that actually because I like watching people get hurt. It turns out I'm like ten year old boy just wants to watch <laughs> right, people yeah. fall over. That's a re- recurring theme of this podcast: is that Michelle is twelve and a boy. Yeah, um, but like. It's a wrestling competition, a wrestling match. What what do the kids yeah, call something, that? Yeah, or a scrimmage or something. A scrimmage, uh, and like one kid's two stones, so when the other kid goes charging at him, he just basically lays this kid out, and Colin Hanks falls over himself laughing, and I felt like a dummy, but I also was laughing. Well, uh, I thought that part of the, the gist, because the, the kid that wins the fight is like, super hyphy and my impression was that he's also supposed to be on the ganja food and that's just a reaction which is it's just not how it works i thought he was from another school so i thought it was like that kid's fine and then the kid who's like super baked is just not able to function so he just falls over oh that would be possible that would be possible that's what i thought was Uh, happening but you're you could be correct too because they have a really wide range of uh, what they think the effects of smoking weed and eating weed does to your human body. Yeah. Uh, there, yeah, I mean, should, should we, should we talk highlights and lowlights in this movie? Why not? I don't, I feel like we can jump around. We really don't have to delve into plot or like motivation or really anything. Cause it's, it's a stoner movie. I say just willy nilly have at it. Yeah. Uh, so just, just to d- disclaim to start, I, I, uh, I tallied poop jokes, dick jokes, and uh, and or like or like dick and orgasm jokes. We oh, wow. we clocked wow. we clocked five discrete poop jokes. Honey, I clogged the toilet again. Yeah. Two minutes, ten seconds in, my stool became incredibly painful to pass. Seven yeah. minutes, thirty seconds in, that sounded like a wet fart. Well, you'd know you incontinent slank. Mm-hmm. Forty three minutes, thirty six seconds in. Too bad chocolate reminds me of human feces. Fifty three minutes, thirty seven seconds in, and oh my colon, oh my spastic colon. One minute, 32 seconds, 10 seconds. One minute, 32 minutes. No. Yeah, I remember. As he's getting one hour, shoved in the minutes, pop 10. car at the end. Yeah. yeah. Dick and orgasm jokes, I think, God, I, like I feel like I didn't actually stop, even right? catch all of them. I think there were 15 discrete dick and orgasm jokes. Uh, That's about right. Yeah. I have a nickname, Acorn Dick. It's unfortunate. Is is like on the tops. And that's one of the early ones uh, for me of the worst ones. Uh did you catch all the names for drug use that they went? So I started writing some of them down because some of them were really funny. Um, at the beginning, Michael Chiklis is like on this uh, long diatribe. Uh, with, he's talking to Colin Hanks, who's the assistant dean, and he's explaining space surfing, which is doing nitrous. I haven't heard it. I don't know. Maybe that's just a thing. Maybe it's an old school thing. Roasting a bone, which I have to admit, I was like happy to remember that that phrase existed because it's fun. <laughs> Roasting a bone. Uh, they they reference candy flipping. They also say banging down a stiff Lucy, which I have never heard in my fucking life. And then they explain. He then that explains it. 
Yeah, that it's doing yeah. the land of cocaine off someone's boner and then like get doing acid out of off their balls. I not not a thing, but it's I, I mean I'm sure somebody's done it. I've never done it. Oh uh, my goodness! What butt else? stonked is one that they use, which I have certainly never heard of. What does he say? Butt stonked. Oh, Chickles doesn't say it. Fuck says it, and then Colin Hanks says Colin it. Colin Hanks says, "Fuck me, we are all butt stonked." The sticky green, the cannabis sativa, the sensimia. Um, oh, you know what my favorite was when he is saying like. So sue me, I'm a kid who takes down a bit of keen marijuajuan. Oh, keen marijuajuan. Yeah, I, that was great. Yeah, I thought that one was fun. And then later, Adrian Brody says, Mary hoo hoo. Like, mm-hmm. it's fun to make up words. I liked that. Yeah, they're, have, they're having a good time. Yeah. Uh, so, so high, highlights. Uh, it has the newscaster from Arrested Development also as a newscaster, but he has a mustache. I and love that he was in this from, movie. From the beginning, he's great. And the, he has a moment midway through where he says something like, why do they keep rolling the camera to his co-host? And that also super worked. Like, he's mm-hmm. he's just a consummate pro. And clearly they were like, we want, we are, we'll spend to get the Arrested Development newscaster guy as the newscaster guy in our movie. In our movie and I, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Bro uh, throwing cold uh, cuts at Henry's window to wake him up. I really, that worked for me. Wait, is the same bro? I Wait, who's Travis? Is Travis's last Travis name? Travis Bro is his name. Oh, okay. I guess they're using it interchangeably because I thought, yeah, I was calling him Travis the whole time, but I didn't even pick up on his name being Bro because observational mm. failure. <laughs> uh, Sorry, throwing cold cuts at the window. Yeah. Uh, that, I like that. Like, it's stupid, but it's sort of, there are times where it's stupid and it's like so played out stupid that I hate it. There's sometimes where it's stupid where it's, inexcusably horny in a way that's completely completely objectionable and then there's somewhere it's like oh you're you're trying something you've you you're pulling out a couple new things the cold cuts that worked for me they have yeah there's a lot of like what i liked about this movie is there are a bunch of dumb little moments that you can tell was just like an in the moment choice like hey how about instead of saying anything you just like hiss like a snake and kind of stare off into space, which they have like the, the salutatorian does at the end of the movie. Michael Chiklis calls him into his office and he doesn't say anything at all. He just like makes the sound of like a balloon slowly <laughs> releasing air. <laughs> yeah. That kid's like, giving it his all. I respect that. Like I, yeah, you know, I don't like funny. this movie, but he's, he was really trying. He was working it. Um, uh, yeah, please keep it. Okay. We're giving Michael Chiklis a lot of hate, but I want to take a moment to appreciate one, the shining star of his visage, which is, are those his real eyes? <laughs> I think they are his real eyes. Oh my God, is he not wearing contacts? He looks very questionable with his creepy little porn star mustache and his gross, weird comb over and his glasses, but they're like, they're like the striking aquamarine of a Caribbean beach they're like (laughs) the bluest eyes i've ever seen and i don't imagine they would color correct and like cg that in because that'd be super weird like i was i i felt the need i feel like i should google that and find out does he have like alien blue eyes in real life i'm looking at pictures (laughs) uh no he just has like these beautiful ocean blue eyes yeah you like you can fucking use these as a uh, as an ad for Fire Festival, like these yeah. eyes are so sweet, baby blue. You can you can just take a little they're, dip in those. 
they're they're breathtaking and nothing else about what he's doing is but those like really pop off the screen and i just feel like we should take a moment to appreciate that he did something right or his genetics you know are really yeah his parents did something right (laughs) yeah you never hear people talk about michael chiklis having the most beautiful eyes in hollywood but there's a chance that michael chiklis ben Grimm, the thing has the most beautiful eyes in hollywood (laughs) seriously uh, come at me. Someone who disagrees with me, show me a more electric blue, and I will show you someone who is uh, duly impressed that anyone could outblue these these sweet, sweet turquoise windows to his soul. There, there are a couple Adrian Brody moments for me that really worked. Uh, he's he it seems like he's having fun in this movie. Mostly, yeah. he's. Like he's bad, but in a way that's sort of like you kind of have to be bad in this. But when when he and Bro are like spend a good minute trying to make each other flinch. Oh uh, yeah, like dogs, like dogs that are kind of like doing the thing at each other. Like now I jump, now you jump. There is like no point to it, but in those moments where they're just kind of like leaning into this is stupid, and we're just gonna have it be stupid, and we're gonna play around in the space like that worked. And then there's a moment where so like. Some backstory is required. Uh, they're driving. Uh, they get in an auto accident. One of his stoner friends flies through the window. He's fine, but, like, he's thrown out the window. Uh, and then they pull up to the high school because Adrian Brody is chasing down the guys that stole his keef. And Adrian Brody says, things are about to get ugly. And the other guy who flew through the window says, the case could be made that things are already pretty ugly, Edward. And I genuinely laughed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it was the, one of the only actual laugh moments in the movie. But it, like... The timing works. The delivery works. It's it's like an adult yeah. moment in this dumb stoner movie, and it got me. Yeah, and that's the friend that, whose name is Paranoid, right? No, no, no. It's the other one. Oh, the other one. Okay. Um, yeah. His friend who they refer to as Paranoid, he never closes his mouth when he... He never <laughs> closes his lips when he talks. All mm-hmm. of his pearly whites are visible no matter what he is saying all of the time, and I... Just, I was impressed that he was able to pull that off, and or the ADR was able to pull that off. Um, yeah. Oh, highlight: Thurman Merman is in this movie. Did you from Bad Santa, the little curly blonde-haired kid from Bad Santa? Who oh shit! Is that Michael Chiklis' son? Yes, and that's what? that's the little kid from Bad Santa, but he's a teenager. Oh my god. He's the kid that gets too high, and he's the Dean's son. It's awesome. I was really happy that to see him great. in this movie. I hope he acts again after this movie at some point. I like that we're talking about this movie as though it's taking place right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, this, this is 10 years ago. We can this check to see like if he's acting. He's, yeah, he's 30. He has two kids. Um, yeah. He just, like, lives in New Jersey, and he has a family of four. <laughs> <laughs> Herman Merman? Is that? They, yeah, at the end of Bad Santa, they reveal somehow, like, they sneak a peek at his, Billy Bob Thornton sneaks a peek at his report card, and he says, your name's Thurman Merman? <laughs> it's really stupid, and it made me happy. Yeah, that kid's in this, and he's flipping out on weed. Can't that, handle it. That actor whose name is Brett Kelly, and he is 20, he's 27. Got it. <laughs> uh Definitely not acting, I take it. And actually not not in a ton... Well, he's in Bad Santa 2 in 2016. Okay. So... Probably around. Yeah, he's... actually, there's... 
there's a lot more that happened between Bad Santa and high school than there has been since high school for mm. Thurman Merman. Mm. Yeah, it's not. Not a, he seems he seems alive. I'm That's sure he's good. fine. Glad he's uh, out there. Yeah, but uh, maybe he hasn't been a great Thurman friend for him. Uh, I like so. It's a dumb gag. It shouldn't work. It arguably doesn't work, but I still like it. Um, in when everybody's high, uh, Lisa Simpson teacher, dildo teacher tells, uh, which we'll talk about in the in the yeah. low light section. I am sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wrote it. Down. Sends this uh, this boy to like deliver uh, the attendance sheet oh, to like to the administrative too. office. Again, this is not a thing that happens in high school. Uh, but to my memory, it's been a long time since I've been to high school, but I don't remember an attendance sheet being delivered to the... It doesn't matter. He spends no. the next, the course of the day, wandering into different places to deliver the administrative sheet. At one point, wanders back into that classroom. At some point, removes most of his clothes and, yeah. like, wanders into the dean's office. And then at some point, is in the, like, the boiler room. And it's not... It's not clever... No. But, you know, it's stoner funny. It works. Like, Sometimes a joke going on long enough is all it takes. And the very last scene of the movie, he just wanders up to that older administrative lady who's, like, legally blind and wearing the giant glasses. And he tries to deliver the attendance sheet to her. And she just turns to him and says, are you fucking with me? And the movie ends. <laughs> I <laughs> do like that. <laughs> it was yep. kind of funny. Do you have any uh, other highlights? Let's see. Highlights. Uh, oh, yeah. When they're... Let's see. When they are trying to escape Adrian Brody's house after they steal from him, they um, and they're driving an old uh, reclaimed like Crown Victoria, like old cop car. Um, and he turns around and goes, "Oh, we got to get the car back to my dad. He's a renegade cop with a power mullet." <laughs> <laughs> I had stupid, a feeling that would speak to you. Just weird little things like, "All right, I've that one line of dialogue is kind of funny." Oh my god, but there are a lot of teenage tattoos in this movie there's so many teenage large teenage tattoos i i knew teenagers with tattoos like on their ankle they're fucking chest pieces in this movie Yeah, there's like cheerleaders with chest pieces and then our one of our leading men the stony bro has a big stomach tattoo that says (laughs) in old english and i had to pause to look at it better days and it's like b-e-t-t-a-d-a-y-z better days and then he's got the Star of David tattooed on, like, the middle, between his shoulder blades. And it's just, like, he's not the only one who's that tatted up and is, like, uh, I don't know, like, just a scotch past 18, perhaps. And this Maybe is 2012. Sh- like, this is, these are, these are, like, mid-age millennials. This wasn't happening are at this point. Are we sheltered? Because we went to a little, like, rural high school? Or is this, like... This movie's supposed to take place in suburbia. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, it's weird. None of it works. So many tattoos on these kids. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What else? I'm sure I've got some other. Oh, the word "brome slice" is used in this movie. That I I wouldn't call it a highlight, but I would say it's somewhere between highlight and low light. It's it's a it's a light. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, Adrian Brody walking around a high school with an open purple velvet shearling coat and no shirt underneath. <laughs> that, that, that more or less works for me. Yeah, and, his, and the little tiny pistol that he carries around was a, kind of a funny choice, too. Of all the guns yeah. to give a yep. drug dealer, it's a comically tiny silver pistol. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, we, like a weed dealer. It's very silly. I know. 
Um, what else? Oh, okay. So Colin Hanks, I just like his character because it just feels mm-hmm. kind of like Colin Hanks in Orange County got to be in a second movie a little bit. Like mm-hmm. he's just he's having a relaxed time at the end of the movie he's super high and there's just a scene where he's showering himself in cheese its in slow motion and he yells i've never felt so good to be alive and be an assistant dean that made me happy yeah colin hanks uh, is having fun in this movie yeah while yeah. also trying very little i appreciate it exactly and he's he's so damn likable i mean mm-hmm. he's got the hanks jeans he's definitely just pleasant to watch on screen um yeah. Uh, oh, Michael Chiklis asking him, hey, are you going to a Huey Lewis concert? Because he's got some sunglasses on. He's like, oh, why? Is he on tour again? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty weird, good. Weird shit. Huey Lewis, I guess. Huey Lewis in the news, people. Back on the radar. We should talk I, about I once had, I once had an argument, oh, before sorry. we get there, I once had an argument with uh, a former roommate about, he he had told me, uh, and I, I was sure that he was fucking with me, that Huey Lewis has, like, an unusually large following in the developmentally disabled community. Because uh, huh. it, it seems like a thing that you would say to fuck with a person. Uh, but it turns out that it's yeah. true that, like, <laughs> Huey Lewis in the news has an unusually large following in the developmentally disabled community. And it's, like, a well-documented thing. There's a lot of stories about it. I don't understand it. I could not explain it. Uh, oh, but I just felt like that was an important thing to put out into the ether since Huey Lewis in the news came up and his only other association with anything is fucking, uh, God Whoa. damn it. The highway guy being ax murdered in, uh, in American psycho. Uh, Oh, right, right. Yeah. 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 Fuck is his name. That's so weird. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I uh, wonder, I wonder why I, I like that. It's know. it's hard to track. I mean, like, you'd, there's a lot of context that I don't have to be able to, like, solve this mystery of yeah. the appeal of Huey Lewis in the news to this particular <laughs> community. Uh, and it could get real, like, fucking Charlie Kelly uh, connected dots up yeah. in here. But it's also, like, he hasn't been making m- music for a long time, right? So long. Like, but, but somehow there's a special connection there. Uh, and... What a weird niche to discover that you have as a musician. Cause, I like, want to go some down point, that rabbit hole. I'm going to look into that. That is, that is odd. There's a decent chance that's a lot of his revenue as a musician is like concerts specifically targeted to the developmentally disabled community, which just like being his agent in the room to be like, you know, it's important. Like you've got a real money-making opportunity here. And <laughs> there's, like, just, there's some things about this that make me interested and uncomfortable. Yeah. It's, like, cool, and it's also really just seems strange and unlikely, I guess. Yeah. There's just... no predicting anything. No predicting anything. Uh, <laughs> all right, so... But did you have more highlights? No, no, we've exhausted my highlights. <laughs> I was really, like, we were scraping the bottom of the barrel, I think. Um, I have more lowlights than I expected for a movie that I, for the most part, didn't hate. Yeah, there is a lot. So, okay, I guess we got to just, like, address it right away. The horny teachers. The horny, 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 (laughs) horny teachers. It's unacceptable. There's there's a scene where the computer's teacher who is just uh, scribbling in the corner, and she's like, I drew my cat. I named my cat Brian. I named him after Brian Brian Adams. He's a very sexy singer. I used to pretend that my glass dildo was Mr. Mm. Adams' erect glass-encased member. 
because, <clears throat> because the forest wizard had turned him to glass, of course. Only the moistened walls of the village witch <laughs> could return him to human form. That's just in the movie, man. Yeah, and apropos of nothing, it's obviously she's stoned, but it's like, it is just, uh, and to hear Lisa Simpson say it, it's ju- there's just so much about it that's unpleasant and unacceptable. Oh, it's... And, like, I'm so and... happy I didn't know that was the voice of Lisa Simpson as that was happening to me. Yeah, it's a real, uh, it's, it's, it's unforgivable. Uh, <laughs> and somebody wrote, like, somebody wrote that whole thing out. And somebody also chose Brian Adams. Because you, like. <laughs> yeah, of all people, too. <laughs> you, had to, you had to decide. Like, you know, they, they decided that there was going to be that monologue, I am sure, before they chose the singer. So they were in a room. Like, all right, so we're going to have Lisa Simpson talking about fucking a dildo <laughs> and thinking that it's somebody. Uh, so who's it going to be? Uh, should it be Engelbert Humperdinck? No. Should it be Harry Styles? No. Too young. Brian, how do you Brian settle Adams. on I don't Brian know. Adams? It's kind of funny. Uh, that So that scene made no sense, and it was, I would say, really out of place and, like, uncomfortable, but not, like... I didn't I didn't have a physical reaction to it. I was mostly like, oh, this movie is taking a bizarre twist and turn, and it's getting sexual about weed in a way I'm unfamiliar with in a stoner comedy. Mm -hmm. But then, oh, but then. Yeah, then (sighs) fucking, like, human booger, uh, (laughs) arms, whatever the fuck his name is. That's uh, his byline on his resume, by the way. Curtis Armstrong. Yeah, no, he played a character named Booger three or four or five times. Uh, He, so he's a U.S. history teacher. Uh, and he's talking about, God, what the fuck was it? He's uh, talking about the Boston Tea Party. He's talking about the Boston Tea Party. And then and he, he uses the phrase, they use the beverage for leverage. Yeah. And then he mind. has them say beverage over and over again. Uh, and then at one, he's like, he's clearly really getting into it. And then he says, lick it like it was the nipple, the teat of your own mother. And... The, lick and then like what lick what booger lick what <laughs> lick the word beverage like it's the lick it like it's the teat of your own mother there's they also i i don't know if it's intentional because your can serve multiple purposes but they talk about like sex with your mother or something Ew. sexual with your mother Ew. like three times, or four different times in yeah. this movie uh and then, in the course of, of fucking human booger, Curtis Armstrong saying this, he he's, like, clearly working up to an orgasm and, like, is about to ejaculate in front of the class yeah. Uh, yeah, he until like, he's interrupted by a sassy nurse. Uh, but there's a, lot of, there's a lot of moaning and heavy breathing and, like, trying to conceal his erection that's going on, and it's... No one in the world needs to see that. Yeah, it was... It was requested by nobody and provided by this movie. And it's like, the sort of as this movie's like inappropriate adult horniness started climbing, I got, I, I started really edging off the train of this movie because I was on board really until, yeah, we basically turned the corner. I actually think we turned the corner at uh, the salutatorian who generally is delivering a, a, a fine performance yeah. says about the cameras in the, the school, it's an Orwellian wet dream and then mimics an orgasm, uh, uh, like yeah. a full male orgasm. Yeah. And 
Uh, and that's really where the movie turned for me from a dumb but agreeable stoner comedy to a movie weirdly obsessed with disgusting orgasms. And <laughs> yeah, because you also get like multiple close ups of Michael Chiklis stroking his dick through his pants. I know, like, I know. A full it's... scene of it. <sighs> yeah, that that's happening too. And it's no no one wants that either. It's it's just there's a lot of images that are gonna be hard for me to shake. <laughs> and but they from they, a fairly they, innocuous, yeah. like silly teen comedy too. It's oh blah. But mostly but mostly a room full of people chanting the word beverage over and over for no apparent reason while an adult man authority figure like jizzes in his pants in front of like 30 kids it's mm-hmm, fucked up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they they do preface or like they uh they foreshadow the movie's gonna go in this direction early on when uh henry the like valedictorian main character says to bro uh asks how's your dad doing and bro says oh, yeah. more like who's he doing and then he says the following thing. He's probably balls deep in some jello mold as we speak. Okay. What I have a question could that possibly you. mean? Do you think that it means a literal jello mold? Or do you <laughs> think that that is a horrifying euphemism for the female vagina? I, I, I mean, I sort of like. Yeah, I, I tried to take it apart of, like, is he fucking a cello mold? Or I, I assumed maybe it was, like, kind of a body-shaming thing, but I didn't I, even consider that he might be describing the human woman vagina oh as a cello mold. I thought that was, like, definitely what he meant, but I didn't realize what that he meant jello. Oh, it could have just meant jello mold like an like a obese person, a jiggly person. I really wish that my mind had gone there first. That None of been... them are good, though. None of them are good. They're uh, all bad in different ways. Uh, <laughs> why Why would you use those words to describe anything? No, no things. No things that your dick should be in should ever be those things. Is it like an American Pie callback, but weird and gross? I don't know. I mean, if it literally is a jello mold, that's a little bit funny. It's a little I bit guess. funny. It's it's the nicest of the three options. That's that's true. That's true. You you need it to be called back at some point to have a person fucking a jello mold on screen, but it's a silly uh, option. Yeah, there's a lot of weird like there's a lot of masturbatory like a lot of masturbation jokes. There's like a whole thing where like one of the lead characters got caught masturbating using Ben Gay and then ran screaming into the woods while helicopters tried to track him down. And so now he's got like a non PTSD thing with helicopters. Like Mm -hmm. the movie's weird. It's got a lot of that stuff going on i guess yeah um, yeah it's it's dick and orgasm jokes just just strewn throughout it and uh, yeah so too many too many uh yeah i mean i have a whole section of racism lowlights that i i put off separate from the other lowlights because this movie really is like i don't know how or why they made the decision that like we're gonna we're gonna go in on racism in a way that you know movies targeting young people usually don't um but yeah so the the first minute of the movie basically is like 
there's a care there's an Asian character named Fuck. Ha ha ha. And then they yeah. bring it back up again. Over there's, and over and over. There's like three different white men faking Jamaican accents. There's a a black character who says, they'll hear about it in my book, Alcatrizaz. Uh the there's one character who only says oh hell no yep there's there you got your like your sassy black woman uh you've got your uh like your young black woman sex object and then you've got all like you've got your uh like indian american overachiever thing which is that the salutatorian who's trying his best but in a in a bad it's like they really fucking like go in on it uh yeah i you know it's not we don't want to spend too much time here it's sort of a downer way to talk about a movie but like why did why would you do it why do you need to put that in this fucking like you could have a whole movie without it but like it i don't i don't 100 percent understand like a lot of cheap and not very funny shots like even if that was your if that was your particular brand of humor it wouldn't, I don't think, even fly in that case. It's like, they're not like clever, clever digs. It's just kind of stereotypical, bland nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about Henry's black eye? Yeah, we can. Um, it waxes and wanes like the moon. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> it really does. It's The first thing I noticed about it is that it's... V- so clearly mascara like there's i know and it was kind of during that era where emo kids were doing like the the beaver like side bangs and like kids were wearing eyeliner and hoodies so for a little while it's sort of like it blends him into a different category of teenager but this this movie while low budget for a hollywood movie cost 10 million dollars you know what a black eye looks like. You clearly have a makeup department. You have skin on screen. Why? No in God's fuck. name. No one gave a fuck. Because 100% of that movie, basically, it all takes place in one location. There's like a house and a school. They spent no money on anything except the salaries. And like, I would imagine a small theatrical release domestically. Like, that's where all the money went. And every other person was virtually checked out. Yeah, so, yeah, it starts with, like, clear mascara under just the bottom of his eye, and then it shrinks to, like, a little Hitler stash under his eye for a bit, yeah. which which coincided with when he's supposed to be crying. So I was wondering if they just, like, accidentally washed the mascara off and forgot <laughs> to reapply it. Uh, and And then, yeah, and then it, like, goes back to a regular line, and then it drops down significantly. Like yeah, when it's all when over the place, man. <laughs> when he's chasing his love interest, who is just such a throwaway character it's uh it's inexcusable uh well girls don't need to talk henry they just need to have really cute butts that are lovingly uh photographed in this very creepy way soft focus yeah yeah i i gotta say i know it's kind of like a thing in like high school movies but it's always so cringy when you see a high school boob like i don't want it I don't want to see it like yeah especially like at least back in the day in the 90s when there were more high school boobs it was 
very obvious to everyone watching those movies that the actors were all pushing These people are 27. Yeah. yeah right. So it was like, okay, it's inappropriate, but not inappropriate because we're all in on the same joke, right? And like, you know, the convention is skewed towards younger looking actors. So it really creeped me out when there's a locker room scene and there's just like two completely naked girls that have full chess pieces, by the way. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and- Please, sorry. Oh yeah, and it's just it makes it makes me feel creepy. I don't want. Can we make that stop happening in teen movies now, please? It's it's always bad. In this movie, it's so weird because nothing happens in that scene either. Like, usually there's some plot construct around it, right? Like, either there's yeah. some they're perverts and they want to do a pervert thing, and that's like part of the plot of the movie. Yeah, never not excusable. Very clear. Not excusable. But, like, the writers decide that that's going to be part of the movie. Or they, like, have to do something that's related to the plot of the movie in a locker room or whatever. And in this case, it's like, script says, main character goes into locker room. Script says, main character leaves locker room. In between four breasts. And chess Pretty pieces. funny, too, because the reason that they're in the locker room, the reason they're even, like, locker room adjacent is to creep on a woman who is comfortably in her 60s. It's the Michael Chiklis's wife, and they're trying to, like, ascertain a key by causing a distraction and flirting with her. So, like, could the boobies have not been older, like, fit right. lady boobies instead of, like, hi, I'm 16, and I'm going to make a lot of adults feel real weird right now? Did you say that she was in her 60s? No, oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, the the wife? Isn't she supposed yeah. to be like, a like fi- fi- I don't know, 50s? She's like middle, middle age. She's Michael Chiklis' age, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, say... Maybe not 60s. I think 60s, I don't know. that's like a social security <laughs> recipient. Like <laughs> <laughs> No, 60s, okay. She's a woman... My parents are in their 60s. In her 50s. Yeah, probably 50s. Kind of a, yeah. kind of a coog. And, uh... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, and they right. She says she's a cougar. You know, a coug. Like that clarified it. I really appreciate that. Yeah, uh, I would. That have you cared may if not I know what cougar boobs, means. Like, that would have been totally fine. Because I was expecting that. Me. I thought I, I was going to. I knew from the beginning of the like Amazon Prime disclaimer is like there's nudity in this movie. Like, of course there is. And then you have the cougar who's showering is like, okay, well that's gonna be Here it. They come. And then turns out, nope. Fast forward five minutes. Yeah. Uh yeah, but like unrelated to the plot. It was uh just like some they decided it had to be in the movie. Uh or another option, these are horny sex perverts based on the uh you know, yeah. everything they've told us about themselves through the script. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, that, that might do it. Yeah, you just never know. Yeah, uh, that's a low light. Yeah. And the we don't have to get into it because it's also very gross, but like everything about Michael Chiklis and his secretary is like... Baffling? Played for comedy, but deeply disturbing. Like a, he's like a sex offender. Like he's Yes, like, clearly he, very much. Like, he is, like, sexually assaulting a woman at the end of the movie, and then I guess he gets his comeuppance because he gets shoved in a cop car at the end, but it's like, but couldn't he have just had, like, like a creepy thing on his computer or something? Did it have to be that? Did it have you to don't be, have to like, that? watch it play out on screen yeah. live. You'd think he, for his own career, would have been like, okay, but I'm not going to be seen doing these things. My human person, this... 
this human body is not going to do that. Right. Certainly not for laughs, movie. Uh, oh, I know. Yeah, you're supposed to be like, ha, ah, hilarious, because he's trying to pull apart her underwear and bend her over a desk, and it's like, oh, shit, 2012. You're really bringing the heat. Yeah. Uh, so so that that's sort of how the movie ends, kind of. Yeah, And kinda. then there's a series of newspaper articles. Oh, yeah. That are, the epilogue is yeah, the, where the, the everyone coda. ended up. So... <laughs> It, like, took the place of the 80s freeze frame where they, like, show each actor and where they ended mm-hmm, up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the Animal House ending, basically. Yeah, yeah exactly. So Michael Chiklis uh, goes to jail and then a psych ward and then breaks out and kidnaps his son. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, the main, the valedictorian main character basically becomes, like, a drug wizard uh, that's celebrated. Oh yeah, Colin he, Hanks. He gets the he gets the Timothy Leary Award for psycho pharmacology. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Colin Hanks and fucking bro move to Nicaragua together, and Fuck it's yeah. and it's the front page of the local paper. Yeah. All of these, I sort of some of these uh, headlines make sense. You know, like <laughs> they, that would that would that, warrant public interest. If yeah. someone's being well, kidnapping their son, yeah, I can see that piquing anyone's interest. Local, local boy, boy wins moves award. with other local man to Nicaragua to have a two fucking time. Is just it's the front page of the paper, and then there's a one that's like a concert comes to town. Oh yeah, and people Jerry miss Garcia Jerry Garcia, missed. and and that on its own is weird. I didn't. But get then it. it then it zooms in on the crowd. And specifically on two men in the crowd, and zooms in really closely, and they're not characters in the movie. And I, I cannot stress understand. this enough: they're they're not present in the movie, except for in this close, this tight close up on these two long haired men in a car credit concert. And at the very end, again in the newspaper picture, one of them bows their head, and then it cuts away. And are those are those the producers? Are those are those the directors? Oh, but maybe? there's, but there there is no frame of reference to it. There's there's nothing to let any of the audience know. But it's the... a scene in a movie that cost ten million dollars. Yeah, I okay. Yeah, I didn't even write it down because I just I was already pretty checked out and I had no idea what the fuck was happening. I assumed I missed something crucial earlier in the movie, but no, it's zero, just absolutely not. Really weird, really weird. Oh man, yeah, that movie was dumb. Yeah, it's dumb. a it's a dumb movie that really like it starts okay and it super tanks. It's too bad. It's too bad. You know, I, I can appreciate a good dumb movie, and it's a late-night comedy. It mostly knew what it was for, I want to say, like... I mean, it always kind of knows what it is, I guess, but it mostly stayed true to tone until the last, like, I want to say 30 minutes, and then mm-hmm. it just goes off the rail a little bit with a gross-out. Like, let's just have, like, person after person coming in public, and then <laughs> pee-pee caca. Like, okay? <laughs> Fucking, okay? Like, you could have, like... Based all that out, you didn't need to like hold it inside you and then be like, yeah, I gotta get out all this crazy energy. I'm 12 years old. Bye. <laughs> I don't know. But um, when all of a sudden done, this is where we're at at this point. <laughs> Just not the worst movie. No, not the worst movie. Nah. All told, 
yeah. fine. <laughs> like, like, I mean, we delved into like some of the more offensive parts, but they're also like a blip on the radar. Like we're we're at a. It's state... no highway. It's no highway. Is no, all I'm it's like we're at. A, I'm at a phase of my bad movie watching career where I'm looking at all the background actors. I'm pausing to see weird shit tacked to the bulletin board, like. No one's going to notice the minutia of grossness. There's some big moments of grossness, but the little shit is like, there's a lot of it, but it's nothing to like really focus in on too much unless you are, you are the two of us and this is our life now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I doubt this director's ever going to do anything again though. He, no. made a couple, he made a couple movies prior to this that I've never heard of called Crypto and Mr. Dramatic, and that seems to be curtains on his directing stint. So goodbye, uh, John Stahlberg Jr. I don't know who yes. you were. We're not going to talk you. to you again. So plot keywords for this movie. Oh, I'm just gonna yeah, go, I there, love this there's part. Only, I love there's this only part. eight. They're, they're just weird. So uh, teen movie, yes. Drug yep. test. Yes, high school, sure, obviously in the name. Generation Y, okay. MIT, because he's trying to get into MIT. Don't yeah. know why it's a plot keyword. Weed, drug dealer, bare breasts, end of list. <laughs> now, yeah. these are user-generated. Uh, and so somebody somebody sat down to write these. And this these eight are what they wrote. Uh, I, I don't know how you get there. There's also, and I never learned this before, there is a parent's guide that's much more robust. Uh, yeah. This movie addresses the fact that the kids watching it have parents. That is not a good move. So I don't know. This is an IMDb feature. So I don't uh, know where this comes from. It right? can't come from like the producers. It just comes from somebody in charge of putting this on the internet. I think I think it might be user generated. I can't tell. Interesting. Uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to read them verbatim. Yeah. Uh, sex and nudity. Severe. A woman is seen swimming in a pool while wearing a one-piece. The camera centers on her behind and crotch. That's what they... Okay, one. Two. Some talk of masturbation. (laughs) Next. (laughs) Some. A kid talks about having sex with a woman, period. His friend finds a phone that has some dirty text messages, period. In a woman's locker room, there are two women showering, butts clearly visible. Later, their fronts are shown. Both of their breasts are shown. One woman's pubic region is briefly visible, nothing too graphic. A man is shown sexually accosting a coworker. Correct. Yeah. Uh, alcohol and drugs and smoking. Severe. This film is centered around drug usage, and particularly marijuana. Our few people are shown smoking weed. It is said that Psycho Ed smoked a dust blunt, and that is why he's so psycho. Also, when they are at Psycho Ed's, mostly everyone in the room is smoking weed. The main story is about getting the entire school high to fail a mandatory drug test. Everyone is drugged by eating laced, drug-laced brownies. Uh, they would be better served to point out the moments in the movie where they weren't referencing weed. Agreed. <laughs> this frightening and intense scenes. Mild. <laughs> the part where they're stealing the weed from Psycho Ed is pretty intense throughout the entire scene. Period. End of sentence. <laughs> found this relevant
thing. <laughs> Someone horse. took some time. And the things that people focus their attention and energy and angst on that stressed a human being out enough that he took to the World Wide Web with it and said, I'm going to warn the others. Oh, my God. I'm so glad I know this exists now. Oh, my God. This is my favorite part. I love learning about other people hearing about the movie. Huh. Okay. Okay. If you had to be somebody in this movie. <laughs> um, I would absolutely be Colin Hanks's character because not only is he perfectly happy being an assistant dean, he's just happy as a clam with his mundane job. His life turns out arguably the best. He just moves to Nicaragua after taking a cheese it bath and gets to chill out forever. So go, go, go Colin Hanks, go. That's a pretty, that's pretty solid. Uh, I would be uh, Henry's mother, who only has one line in the movie, and it's that she clogged the toilet again. Yeah, he's carrying away, like, multiple bottles of booze from one of those little, like, hotel trays that you'd bring for room service. I'm pretty (laughs) sure she's, like, a hard-boiled alcoholic that just lives in the bathroom. And they never revisit! And they never revisit! (laughs) It's actually, like, I saw that happen, and I was like, oh, no, is there this, like, sad backstory that we're going to come back to? Nope. 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 She's enjoying her time, and he's going to MIT, and those two things have nothing to do with each other. (laughs) Nope. Oh, God. Uh, good choice. Uh, all right. Well, well, <laughs> I think that's the movie. Time. I'll be Henry. I'll be, I'll be Michelle. And as Nicholas Cage said, experiment and fast forward to the future of acting. Okay.